Says the Mishnah, top of Kuf Babes Amr Aleph. Azurik Someone throws something, and after they throw it, they realize that it was Shabbos. So generally, the rule is right when you do a malacha b'shogeg, then you're chayav achatas. If you realize, if you know it's b'meizin, you're not chayav achatas. So here, the person threw it, but after it left his hands, then suddenly he remembers that it's Shabbos, but uh, it hasn't landed yet. The Mishnah continues kol ta'achar, and someone else catches it. Meaning, instead of it landing from the force of the person throwing it, someone else intercepts it, and then it's considered to be that the hanacha, the placing down, is done by the second person, not the first person. The simple understanding of the Mishnah is that it's one big case. The person threw it, he realized it, and then instead of it landing from his force, it was, it, the landing took place because someone else caught it. Kol or a dog caught it. Again, the Hanacha is done by the dog, which is Nisrafa was burned, so there was no Hanacha at all. Pater, he's Pater. And it sounds like from the Mishnah, the only reason he's Pater is because the Hanacha didn't happen. He's not Pater because he realized. It sounds like if the Hanacha would happen from his force, he would be Chayi Vachatas, even though he realized after he threw it. It sounds like the only reason he's Pater here in the beginning is because the Hanacha was not done from his force. The fact that he remembered, it sounds like doesn't matter because the Maisa that he has done is throwing, even though he's only chayav because that creates a hanacha as well, but the entire maisa that he has done is already complete. The maisa that he has done, an act of throwing, the force that he does is already complete. So since when he did it, it was bishogig, it sounds like he would be chayav despite the fact that he, re- that he re- realizes that his Shabbos before it lands. The only reason the Mishnah is exempting him is because the hanacha, the placement, doesn't happen because of his force, but rather because of what, uh, what happens to it. The dog catches it, someone else catches it, or it's burnt. If someone throws something on Shabbos and he's trying to make a wound, he's throwing it at a person or animal, and he remembers it was Shabbos before the wound happens. Pater, he's Pater from Achatas. What's the reason? Because it, it, because in order to be Chayv Achatas, you have to be a Shogeg at the time that the Malacha happens. So the Malacha is only happening at the time that it makes the wound. Even though at the time that you threw it, you were a Shogeg, since you're realizing before it made the wound, you would be Pater. Now, that sounds like a very big difficult. Obviously, it sounds like a cash up um, for what we were just saying. It sounds like in the case when you throw something, the only reason you were potter, even if you realize it was Shabbos, the only reason you were potter is because someone else caught it. So the placement wasn't done because of you. But if it would have just been the issue that you remembered it was Shabbos, it still it sounds like you would have been you would have been high because at the time that you threw it, you threw it, you were a shogeg. So how come over here, right, Zarek Lassos Chabura, if you remember before the Chabura happened, here you're Potter. So what's the difference? So well, the Gemara, well, this will all be cleared up in the Gemara. Then the Mishnah says, that cloud. We, gen- we state a rule. Anyone who's chayv it has to be that the beginning of the of the isra and the end of the isra are both done b'shogeg. It has to be a shogeg in the beginning and end. If the beginning was b'shogeg but the end it was done deliberately, or the opposite, it was done it was done intentionally in the beginning and only the end it was it was b'shogeg patur and your pater. The shogeg has to be both in the beginning and at the end, and that explains in the case of the somebody throwing. Um, since he became aware of what he was doing before it hit it, so the end is not considered a shogeg, and that's why that's why he is potter. Okay, so now we go back. Let's go back to the ratio again. The ratio was saying that someone who throws bishogig after leaving his hand, now he realizes Shabbos, and now he's mazed. He, he's potter because, and this says the Mishnah, we think it's one big case that some other things happened that, that he didn't do the Hanacha. So it sounds like Hanacha, if the object would land without anyone interfering, Chayav. The one who threw it would be Chayav. But he remembered that it was Shabbos. So even though when he threw it, 
he he was bishogeg, but by the time the Hanukkah would happen, he remembered it was Shabbos. So why should he be chayv? But tonight the Mishnah goes on to say, "Kol chayv atazin chayv naatzuki lasam v'sofish kag." You're only chayv achatas if both the beginning and the end are bishogeg. So in the end case, even if someone else doesn't intercept it, but you should be potter because at the end, at the time when the Hanukkah happens, you are you are bish, you are b'meizin. So what's the trap? So the Gemara answers, "Amar Afkana seifa asa on the last of Mishnah." The end of the Mishnah that says that you have to be a shogeg at the end. It's only talking about a case where you have the ability to bring it back. You're like throwing something like a case, like there's a clamp with a rope, meaning that you're holding on to the rope. So you're throwing down, the, throwing the clamp, but you're holding on to the rope. So since you could bring it by just holding, by moving the rope, so therefore it's not considered your shogig unless you were a shogig until the time that the clamp landed. But the beginning of the mission, when you're throwing something regularly, once you throw it, you can't bring it back. So what difference does it make whether you realize your shogig or amazing? And the Gemara is saying a fascinating lump just now. The end of the Mishnah, when we say that there's a rule that you have to be a shogig until the end, is only when the end is something that you're controlling, that it's up to you. Like somebody threw the clamp with the rope. So then in that case, until the end, you have the ability to move it back. Since you have the ability to move it back, so unless you're a shogig at the end as well, we're not going to say you're chai. But if someone who throws, let's say, a ball, a regular item, or once it leaves his hand, there's no pulling it back, then at that moment, as long as he was a shogig when he threw it, despite the fact that the hanacha, at the time of the hanacha, he's b'mezid, he would, in fact, be chai. So now everything's good. The rule of the end of the Mishnah is only specific to a case of someone throwing the clamp with the rope. That's the end of the Mishnah when we say you have to be a shogig at the end as well. But the beginning of the Mishnah, when the only reason you're potter is because someone else intercepted it, but if someone else wouldn't intercept it, you would be potter. Yeah, if someone else wouldn't intercept it, you'd be chayav. That's because the Mishnah is dealing with someone throwing a regular item where there's nothing you can do once you make the initial throw. So the Gemara has a question. The case with the clamp and the rope, it does, even if you were a shogi the whole time, you should be, you should be potter because you haven't really transferred it. Since you're holding on, to, to, to the rope and you could so easily pull it back so it's not completely transferred. Forget about the shogig and the mazed issue. The mere fact that it's attached to the rope and you're holding on to the rope, then it's not completely transferred. So that can't be the case. The Mishnah is saying in the end that if you were shogig in the beginning and the end, you would be chayim. If the case were the camp with the rope, you should, where you're holding on, it's like you're holding, it's like the part of the item hasn't fully been transferred. So there's no way you should be chayim there at all. So the Gemara answers, you're right. You're right. The case of the Mishnah, it's not talking about a case of Hotzah. The rule at the end of the Mishnah about a person being Bishogig in, uh, in the beginning and the end in order to be Chayv is talking about someone throwing the clam to make a wound, not, not in the laws of Hotzah. So you're right. In the laws of Hotzah, he would always be Pater because he's always like still holding in his hand. But the case was someone trying to make a, to make a, to make a wound. So in that case, if he would be shogging in the beginning and the end, he'd be potter. But if he wouldn't be shogging in the end, he would be, if he shogging in the beginning and the end, he would be Chayv. But if he wasn't shogging at the end, he'd be Pater because he'd be able to bring it back. Says the, the Gemara, Hanamitina, we can't say that's what the end of the rule is talking about because that was black and white in the Mishnah right before that. It said, Someone who's throwing something on Shabbos is trying to make a wound at a person in hand. If you remember before the Chabur happened, Potter. He's Potter from Achatos. And the Mishnah explicitly said that in the case of the wound, that you're Potter unless you're Shogi at an end. So the end of the Mishnah I can't be talking about that. So it can't be talking about something that was said explicitly. Must be that it's talking about a case of, of throwing in the laws of Hotzah. So now our question comes back. If it's talking about a case, of, of throwing with a rope with the clamp, then the whole thing doesn't make sense. Even if he was a shogig at the end, he should be potter because he hasn't really completely transferred it. LMI, we're talking about a case where you're throwing a, rel- a regular item, then it's a steer to the ratio of the Mishnah. The ratio of the Mishnah implies that as long as you were shogig when you threw it, we wouldn't care if you were shogig when it got when it when it when it landed. The only reason you were potter in the ratio is because someone else intercepted it. And here the the Seifa seems to be saying that um, you have to be a shogig at the end as well. The case in the end of the mission is someone talking about transferring, but someone is carrying it. And carrying it, you could stop at any moment. 
So when you're carrying something for almost, not throwing, but carrying something, then you have to be a shogig throughout the whole thing. If you're not a shogig throughout the whole thing, then you're going to be a pater. But in the reisha, where you're throwing something, there, you can't control it. Once you throw, it's thrown out of your hand. So then as long as you were shogig when you threw it, you would be chayv, even if you remembered at the time that it landed. The only reason in the reisha why you're pater is because it was intercepted by somebody else. But the Gemara doesn't like that. It sounds like the mission is continuing talking about a case of throwing. Uh, the Mishra was beginning to talk about a case of throwing, so presumably the, 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 the Zach Klau is also talking about a case of throwing, not a case of, care, of, of caring. So now our question comes back. We're totally stuck. Again, what's our question? Their question is that the end of the Mishnah says that the rule is when a person is, is, is doing a malachim, or presuming even by throwing, it's not enough that in order to be chavachatas, it's not enough that they're a shogi when they threw it. They have to be a shogi as well at the time of the hanacham. Yet the beginning of the Mishnah says that when someone throws something and he realizes it's Shabbos, he's only pater if someone else intercepts it and he doesn't do the hanacha. But if the hanacha happened because of the one who threw it, he'd be chayav despite the fact that he was mazed at the time that it landed. So which one is it? We misunderstood the ratio. The ratio wasn't one big case. It wasn't he threw it and he realized it was Shabbos and someone else intercepted it one big case. It's rather two separate cases. One case, number one was, he threw it and he realized it was Shabbos after he left his hands before it landed. And it landed from his force. It was not intercepted, but he's puttered because he remembered that it was Shabbos. In other words, we're agreeing to the question and we're switching what the meaning of the ratio is. Really, it's like that the rule the end of the mission was 100% accurate. Even though you're throwing it and you have no control to bring it back, but since the time of the Chiyav is when it lands, if you're not a Shogag at that time, then you're going to be Pater. The, the beginning of the Mishnah should be read as separate cases. He threw it and he remembered it was Shabbos after, after it left his hand. That's case number one. Or case number two, Inam Ilonizkar. If he didn't remember, he's still Shogag. But Kolta Achar, someone else caught it. Or Kolta Kalashnishvar, a dog caught it, was burned. Pater, he's Pater in all those cases. In the first case, he's Pater because he remembered it was Shabbos before it landed. In the other case, he's Pater because he didn't do Anacha. So according to what we're saying, even by throwing, you're potter unless you're a shogeg throughout, even at the time when it lands, despite the fact that all, once you do the force of throwing it, you can't control it anymore, it doesn't matter. The rule is, once it's, that, that in order, at the time when you're becoming chayv, at the time when the hanukkah is happening, when your force now is, is, is making the placement, it has to be that you're still shogeg at that time in order to be chayv. Says the Gemara, another explanation. Ravashi Amar, in other words, until now, we've been saying for Rava's case to work, we have to split up the case of the, at the beginning of the mission as two separate cases. Either he threw it and he remembered it, or a different case. He didn't remember it, but someone, someone else caught it. Now, Ravashi says we could keep it being one big case and explain differently. Ravashi Amar, it's actually missing tax is what the mission means to say. Somebody threw the object and he remembered it was Shabbos after he left his hand, but before the Anacha happened. And another person caught it. Dog cutter or got burned, potter, he's potter. And the implication is that if it would land without being intercepted, he'd be chayav. Now, here's where the missing text kicks in. When is that true? That When is it true that if it wasn't intercepted, he'd be chayav? Despite the fact that he remembered it was Shabbos, that's only in a case where at the time that it landed, he forgot again. So it's a funny case. When he threw it, we were shogig. He then he realizes it was Shabbos. But by the time it lands, he forgot again. By the time he landed, he forgot again. In that case, he would be chayav if no one else intercepted it. Because there, at this case, in the beginning and at the end, at the time of the, at the, at the, at the Maisa that he did, and at the time of the Chiv, at the time of the Hanacha, he was Shogig. But if he didn't forget before it landed, so meaning at the time when it landed, he's Mazid, then he'd be Pater. And the reason is, any, like the Mishnah says in the rule, at the end of the Mishnah, it has to be the beginning and the end, is Shogig. And the novelty that we're saying, though, in this, in this point is, but if it would be Mazid in the middle, 
it doesn't matter. Meaning, if you, as long as the beginning and the end is a shogig, you're chayavachatas, despite the fact that in the middle of the throw you were amazed. The only thing that matters is the end of the beginning and the end of the throw. So if the beginning and the end of the throw were bishogig, then you'd be of despite the fact that after the left is hands would be made. So according to Ravashi, we don't have to say the, the ratio is two different is two different cases. We can keep the ratio as one big case, just add in points. The, the ratio is saying the reason your potter is only because someone intercepted it. But if someone intercepted it, you'd be chayav even though you'd remembered. But that's only because you forgot by the end. At the time of the Anacha, you'd forgotten again. But if you hadn't forgotten by the end, at the time you'd be amazed, then you'd be potter like the end of the Mishnah rules that someone who's throwing something um, in order to be chayav, he has to be shogig at the time that it went. Okay, says the Gemara, now we analyze further this rule. Again, this rule is that even though you're throwing, once you throw, it's out of your control. But if you're not, not a shogig at the time that it lands in your potter. So the Gemara says, Itmar, amas 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 Let's say someone throws something six amas. The first two amos, the first two amos, he was shogig. The second two amos, he was mazed. And the last two amos, he was shogig. Rabba, Amar Pater, Rabba says he's Pater, Rabba, Amar Chai, Rabba says he's Chai. Again, the question is whether he's Chai Vachatos. Now, just one word of introduction before we continue in the Gemara. This is something we learned back, um, uh, almost 30 blot ago, uh, where we have a Machlokas, where we can lean on the Rabbanan about Yeshidil Chatzishir. Remember that if a person has to do an Aver within one lapse of awareness, uh, if any, any Aver said he does not one lapse of awareness, he's only Chai one Chatz. So let's say a person eats Chaylev a bunch of times in one lapse of awareness, he's only Chai one carbon. Well, what happens if there's a certain amount to be Chai? Let's say someone has to write on Shabbos two letters. He writes one letter and one lapse of awareness, then he realizes it was Shabbos, and then he subsequently makes another mistake and writes another letter. Does, is it, since it's in two lapse of awarenesses, do the two halves combine or not? So Rabbi Gamliel says, in He holds that, 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 that they do combine and you are chayv, and the Rabbanim say they don't combine in your pater, right? The idea of Rabbi Gamliel, the in yedil is that since you're remembering after that in Chavez, after you wrote only one letter, is insignificant because you're not chayv for writing one thing, then it doesn't make a difference. It doesn't split up the two acts. Therefore, they, the second letter will combine and you'll be chayv achad. That's Rabbanim say no. Once you realize it was Shabbos, then it's two separate categories, two separate actions, two separate things completely, and they cannot combine. So in our case, what happened? Someone threw something six hours. So when two amas b'shogi, two amas b'meisi, two amas b'shogi. So the postures would be that this case would be a machlokas. According to Rabbi Gamliel, that in yadiel shir. So then we should say you're 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 the two the two the two amas in the beginning, the two half amas at the end should combine. Whereas according to Rabban, the in yadiel shir, the yeshi yadiel shir, then you should be potter because you realize in the middle of Shabbos. That's what somebody would say. Mara says that's not the case. Rabba Amar Pater Rabba says your Pater. Even though Rabbi normally says by the two letters, there's no awareness for half a shear and the second letter would combine. That's only there because at least what happened was when you finished the shear, when you finished the second letter, you were also a shogi. So you wrote when you you wrote you wrote one letter b'shogi, you wrote a second letter b'shogi. In the middle, you remembered a Shabbos, but since at the end of the shear you were shogi, so you're Here, when did the shear the shear is four amos. So when four amos finish, you're in a state of mazid. So at that time you're potter because because you're amazing so even though subsequently there's another two amos it's already been split up and therefore you're potter even Rabbi Gamliel will concede here Rabbi Gamliel's point over there is, is different because the second letter is when the shear is finished and the second letter is finished Bishogi. but here with it where the requisite where the requisite shear is finished but amazing even Rabbi Gamliel would agree that they are split up the Gemara analyzes of Amai. What's the case? Ibizorik, if you're talking about someone throwing something shogi go he's a shogi why because he can't stop it from going further once once it goes, once it goes out of his hand, he can't stop it. So what are you saying here that according to Rabbi Gamliel, we should say that the shear is finished, Bishogeg, right? But 
we don't view it that the end of four amos is separate from what's continuing because it's one throw. He can't hold it, but once he throws it, he throws it. So we don't see the end of four amos as it being done in any way. So therefore, we shouldn't say, according to Rabbi Gamliel, this far that we just said that Rabbi Gamliel would agree because the shear is finished by Mezid. It doesn't make sense if he's throwing it. El the case was that someone was carrying it. So then it makes sense. He could stop after the fourth ama. So therefore, the end of the shear, the end of the shear after walking four amos was already, was already Bemezid. So then if he subsequently continues and carries out two more amos, it doesn't combine with the first two amos. There, that svar makes sense. But in a case of throwing where there's no more control for it to stop at the end of the four amos, there, the svar doesn't make sense. And we don't assume that Rabbi Gamliel would agree. We would assume that Rabbi Gamliel would again say his point that, that, that in Yadiel Achatzi shear and the two amos at the end, two amos at the beginning, would in fact combine. Says the Gemara, Rava Amar Chai. Rava says, No, in this case, you're Chai, right? With the two Amas Peshogi, two Amas Peshogi, two Amas Peshogi, again, you are Chai, Machatas. And Rava says as follows A feel Rabban and Yeshi deal Chatzishir, even according to Rabban and Yeshi deal Chatzishir, that remembering, let's say a guy wrote one letter, you remember the Shabbos, he writes the second letter, he is Potter, they don't combine. The only reason is Hasmu to be other, only there, it's because it's within your control not to write the second letter. So therefore, once, once, once your matter is Shabbos, if you go ahead and write another letter, that's a second pool, that's a second mistake, totally separate thing, they don't combine. Here in our case, very nice, in the second two, in the, in the Amma three and four, you're amazing. But you have no ability to hold back. So therefore, as long as, you, as long as you're Bishogin the last two Amos, they will in fact combine. There's no reason why they won't combine. And the Gemara clarifies, well, my, even my, if the case was somebody carrying something, already other, it is in your control. So it should be like the case of somebody who wrote one letter and then remembered and then subsequently made another mistake. After, after, after he remembered in Amma 3 and 4, he had to have made another mistake to go continue and he could have stopped at the end of 4. So why would Rabbanu say it combined? Must be the case is that it, it was bizarre. Since he couldn't stop it after four Amos, so therefore... Therefore, we're saying that the Svara, that there are, even the Rabbanon here, even the Rabbanon would, would agree um, that, they, that they, they do combine. So it comes out a fascinating thing that we have in our case, two, two, two. The first two Amos are Bishogi, the second two Amos are Bemeza, and the last two cases are, are Bishogi. It, like, it sounded like we had a machlokas between Rabba and Rabba, but it really comes out that they're just talking about different cases. Rabba, who says that your potter was talking about a case of mavir, of somebody carrying it. When you're carrying it, since you can stop after the requisite year of four amos, everybody agrees that the subsequent mistake does not combine with the first two in your potter. Rava is talking about somebody throwing, in a case of throwing, where you cannot control it at the four amos mark. So when, if, when you forget again, since at the, at the beginning and the end, you're, you are, you are, you are shogig, and it's not a second thing because, because it wasn't within your control after the four amos mark to pull back, then everybody would agree that you are so it just, it, even though it sounded like we were presenting a machlokas, the truth is we were just talking about two different cases and uh, Rav and Rava actually don't have a machlokas. Says the Gemara, Amar Rava, Zarek v'nachav v'yakel 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 throws something for Amos in the street and it lands, instead of landing on the floor, it lands in the mouth of a dog or in the opening of a furnace and it gives word, chayv, he's chayv. Now this is a tremendous chiddish because it didn't land on a significant place. It doesn't sound like that. So what's going on? So the Gemara now really says it. Hanan tanan kol da'achar kol da'kalav u'shinus pater. Our Mishnah says if another person intercepts it, he captures the dog, captures it, or it's burned, he's pater. How could Rava say you're chayav? And part of the reason why you're pater is because it didn't land. We're assuming in order to land, it has to land in a significant place. That's four tefachim wide. So how could Rava say you're chayav when it's thrown into the mouth of the dog? Says the Mahasim Lomachavin. In the Mishnah's case, the thrower is not intending for it to land in the dog's mouth. 
It just happens to be that it landed in the dog mouth. He didn't intend for it to be there. So therefore, he's potter because we don't view that the hanacha was done in a significant place. But hanacha to come a chaven. Rabbi is talking a place where the throwing, person throwing is specifically intended for land in one of those places. So his machshava that he intends specifically to land, to bear it to land there, gets the status of a makom chashav. It's as if it landed on a place that's for. And since it met his intention, he was machshavit. It therefore makes him chayav. Says the Gemara, Amar Bibi Rabbi for Nanatini. We learn like this in a mission as well. It says Yishochafila Achas. There's a case of someone who can do one eating. He can eat one kezayis. For eating one kezayis of food, he can be chayav four different chatos and one asham. What's the case? A tummy person eats chaylev. But who knows? There was also, it was also not only forbidden fat, but it was left over meat from a carbon, from a carbon. By Yom Kippur, and he ate on Yom Kippur. So here we have four different things of cards. First of all, it's a tummy person eating kachim. Second of all, he's eating chaylev. Third of all, it's no sir. And fourth of all, he's eating on Yom Kippur. So you can have a case of four kavanas car- car- for that maisa. Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Meir, adds, "Alf maisa Shabbos with tzivim." Because he could be another chiyav, a chiyav for Shabbos. Let's say he was carrying it out of his mouth before he swallowed it. Chayav, he'd be chayav a fifth chatos for carrying on Shabbos. So Amar Lo, the Chacham say, "Inu menashem, inu menashem," that the um, it's not it's not from the same thing. Meaning, it's not because of the eating; it's because of the carrying. So it's not really a good analogy. We were saying that you could, even though you're right, it is one big case. But we were pointing out you could have the four chatos. From the mice of eating, and that's not really from the mice of eating. By the way, I'm just sorry to mention the ashram, and the ashram is because he did me'ilah, he's benefiting from the consecrated property. Okay, so bottom line is we see that if somebody carries out chaylev in this chaylev in his mouth, he's chayev. So my, why should he be chayev for carrying out the piece of food? That's not a really normal way of carrying things. Usually you don't carry things, you carry things in your hands, your pockets, you don't carry things in your mouth. It must be since you're intending to eat the food while you're walking. So your intent makes the mouth into a normal place. So therefore it becomes chayat. Since you're, you want to eat while you're on the go, so that becomes a normal method of otzah and your chayat. So for our case also, since he's intending for it to land in the dog's mouth, his intent makes it a significant place, even though it's not fourth vachim wide, and that's why he chayat. Now that's a, it's a very interesting comparison because we're comparing what's normal and what's not normal, which you would just say is, depends on what's normal and what's not normal, to whether or not something is a significant place where it lands. How can, how can the Gemara necessarily compare the two issues? It sounds difficult, but the Gemara is comparing them, and the Gemara is saying that in both, the role of intent makes a big difference. If you're doing something specifically deliberately because this is significant to you, then that takes on better status. It takes on the act of a normal act. And in our case as well, our context, it takes on the din that it landed in a significant place. Hajj and So now, then now we talk about more of the locals here. It says the new parak on the Ahmed base. Abona, someone who builds. What's the minimum shear for building that you're high of? So the shear is koshu, abona koshu. Even somebody just a tiny amount. Could be high if it's significant, and we'll see why a tiny amount of building could be significant. Amisate, someone who chisels out a stone, he hits the final blow with the hammer, or another type of hammer. So Makabapatish is like the case where, where, where Kli needs one more thing, and he needs a final blow, and you hit it, so you're finishing a Kli. Akodeach, someone who makes a drill. He's drilling. He's drilling into a stone or a wall. Actually, says, Koshu, any tiny amount, Chayev, he's Chayev. And the Gemara is going to tell us. What again, what exactly is going on? What's the Khashivas here? It says the Mishnah Zakla, anyone who doesn't Malacha and the and the and the Malacha will be misguided, it's going to endure by Shabbos and Shabbos Chayim. So this is the idea the Mishnah is alluding to that if you're doing a Malacha that only has temporary significance, it's not going to last very long, then you're not Chayim. But if it will last long, then you are Someone who hits the hammer is like on uh, the the uh, 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 the Sadan is something that they would hit, it was like a piece of metal that they would hit. The, to, to, to work on the hammer while, while they were working, it makes the hammer better. You're chiving stock malacha. It's like you're improving your work, and we'll have to see 
what exactly you're doing, your chayv will wait in the Gemara and we'll see what, why you're chayv. It's almost like you're fixing your hammer in the middle of your work. It's not like makhlapatish. Usually makhlapatish is that you're fixing the kli, you're finishing the kli. Here, well, you're using your hammer in the middle of the work, you're hitting your, your hammer against something, what exactly are you fixing? So that will have to wait for the Gemara. So first we analyze what the Mishnah said. When somebody builds just a tiny amount on Shabbos, they're chayv. So the Gemara says, what's building a tiny amount? What are, what are you doing? It doesn't seem like it has any use. So how can that be considered building? So it's not true. Sometimes very indigent people will dig a tiny hole to store a talati as a few copper coins. He will he'll store them in the hole. We learned that from the Mishkan as well, that which again is the paradigm for all the Malafas on Guma. Those who are sewing up the currents would dig a little hole to store their needles since they would do it. To, um, to store their needles. So we learned from there that malacha is considered, right, just to making a tiny hole to store something inside. And the example that we would have in our day is, is, is a poor person storing his money there, you would be chayav. Says the Gemara, Abayi Amar, Abayi says, Keep if they, since the needles are going to rust, if you would put them in the ground, there's no way that they were building the Mishkan, they would actually do that. So it cannot be that that's the source and we have to find another precedent for why a tiny binion is, is, is significant. Says the Gemara, Ella, rather, Shekin Ani Ose, an ani sometimes he makes he's got a little stove and he's got a tiny little tripod for the stove for it to stand on so he's going to make a little stand to put the little pot of food and we see they would do that by the mishkan also something similar was done by the mishkan those who were cooking up the dyes right they, they had the herbs they would cook to make dye let's blow your reels in order to dye the curtains and if they were missing a little bit of dye, let's say they had dye, but they were missing just a little drip. So they had to make a tiny little bit more dye. So they had very little pot that they were cooking the dye in. So they would make a tiny little tripod to, to, um, to hold it up. So they would stand up, they'd make a craft to stand it up, the little stove, in order to set up the little, the little kettle. So that's what we learned, the precedent for Bona Koshu. For someone building a little tripod, says the Gemara, that also is no good. This is a very interesting rule that we can't display any sense of poverty in a place of aristocracy. So the Mishkan is a place of Ashiras. We're building something like Ashiras for the Melech of Akhadosh Baruch. So we can't do any signs of poverty. So that means they would never have the case that the Gemara was presenting that maybe they ran out of dye and they needed just a little bit more dye. They were cooking up a little pot. They would never work like that. They always worked with you know things in much in surplus and excess, and they never had you know just they needed. There would never be a need to just make a little bit more dye. There's no such thing. Ella, so rather, where is it useful to make a little binion? Sometimes you could have a, someone who has a house and he gets a little hole. It could be a mansion, but a little hole in the wall. So he'll seal it off with clay. So that's a tiny little building. Right? You want to actually, because like he wants everything in his house to be totally perfect. So he's got a little bit, he wants to seal it with clay. That is bona koshu on Shabbos. And where do we find that by the Mishkan? Mishkan, we find that by the Mishkan, she can carry it up a little bit down. It looks like it was a plank of wood and it was a little warm, a worm that went through it and made a little hole in the wood. So then they would pour some lead into it and they would seal it. So that's considered where bona on a very, very small level could take place in the Mishkan. And that is not at the level of even the rich would do that inside their mansion and uh, they would do something like that in the Mishkan as well. And that is the case uh, where bona koshu can be high. Says the Gemara Mashmuah, Matzad is heaven chayv. Someone who positions the stone into the ground can be chayv. So where are we talking about? Someone is putting a stone and he's leveling it in place. He's chayv. So he hasn't made any cement, but it's a Misa. It's going to be a foundation. So sometimes people have a foundation. The Gemara is assuming even without cementing it in. So just setting up the stone firmly in the ground is already chayv. Says the Gemara Mesve, is that true? But it says in the Bryce, Achamonosin, when one person is building, uh, putting this, setting a stone for the wall, 
to, to put a wall. Another person put the cement on. So who's Chayav? One putting the cement because just setting the stone into place is not considered making a foundation. It's not considered making a foundation until it's cemented in. So it's a cash on what Shmuel said. So the one says, according to what you're saying, you must say, look at the end of the bride. So the end of the bride says, he says, even if someone lifted the stone and put it and just picked up a stone and put it on top of a row of stones, he's chayav. Even without laying it in the ground. So how are you going to say, Rabbi Oh, he's not doing anything here. You had a cash even on Shmuel, who's putting it firmly in because there's no cement. But how are you going to understand Rabbi Yossi? Rabbi Yossi is saying, even just putting it, putting it on top of some bricks is chayav. So how can that be? So, so it must be, we're talking about different different levels of building. There are three different stages when you're making a wall. The bottom row of stones, the middle row, and the top row of stones. On the bottom row, you need just positioning and, and staying it firmly in the ground, which is what Shmuel was talking about, that even though there's no cement, as long as you put it firmly in the ground, that's a foundation. On the middle row, there you need cement to hold them in place, and that's what the Baraisa was talking about, that you're only considered building if you put the cement as well. Just putting a brick on top would not be chai, but he for the top row, is just even placing, and that's what Rabbi Yossi was talking to, and there's actually no con- contradiction. So it comes out the foundation for the stones, for the stone wall, it doesn't have to be cemented in, so you're chai for just laying it firmly. Then, then, and that's what Shmuel was talking about for the foundations. The next rows of stones that are on top of the foundation have to be cemented in so that they remain level and they can support everything on top. That's what the Tanakh was talking about. Rabbi Yossi is talking about the top row that you can just simply putting on is considered an active building. Continues the Gemara. We're analyzing the mission. The mission said, Amasate, someone who chisels out a stone is chayef. Says, What Av Malacha is chiseling out, um, is chiseling out a stone. Which one is it? We know you're doing something, but which one is it? What, what's an afkamina? Well, you have to know what to warn the person, and um, it might be an afkamina if someone who does two malachas of the same lapse of awareness. If it's the same malacha, only we have one, different malachas, we have two. So we want to know which malacha you have for chiseling. So Rab says it's building. Shmuel considered that you're building the stone. It's very interesting. Rab considers it seems like there's even building, even within Kalim, even on utensils. That's what Rab seems to be saying here. So you're chai for building this stone. When you're chiseling it, you're doing an act that builds it. Shmuel says, no, it's makwa patish. When you're finishing, you're finishing the stone, you make it more suitable for usage. So Rob doesn't mean that it's only building and not makwa patish. Rob's point is that it's even building. Shmuel's point is that it's not building. There's no building here taking place. It's a, it's a, it's a minimal, minimal act of work taking place in a cleave. That's not called binyan. It's only makwa patish that you're making it, that you're putting on the final blow onto the stone. Another similar point, let's say a person has a chicken coop and you want, there's no windows in it, you want, it, you want, you want some of the, the fumes to come out, you don't want them to hurt the, the chickens from the bad smell, so you make a little hole. So Rav Shimbona, you're building in the coop. It's only it's the final second the chickens do, it's not considered a significant act of building. Someone who puts, wedges a peg in into the, into the hole that's inside of a hole, so in other words, the metal part of the hole has a hole in it where the, they would put the wood part. So after they would put it in, they would put a peg to make it make sure it wouldn't it wouldn't slip out. So you're making sure that this clee is functioning properly. So rob Shambona. So when you're putting you're sticking the peg in to make sure the two parts stick properly, so that's an active building to the hole. No, again, it's not a significant active building, it's only a makwapadish. So really if you think about it, it's all the same makes. Rob is considering acts of fixing Kalim also to be like binion. And Shmuel seems to be saying that it's not that way, that fixing Caleb, making them better, is only Makavapatish. So, why do we need three illustrations of the same point? So, the Mar says it's three. We only have the first case by chiseling the stone, but he come around, that's where Rav says it. At least that's a Derek opinion. At least that's normal. It's normal when you make a house 
that that's what you need the stones to be chiseled. So we could understand that since the house requires chiseled stones, so that's maybe considered building a derech binyan. If you're just making a hole in a shikma, that's not a normal way of building. In other words, when you make a hole normally, when you make a window or a, or a door, it's for people to come in or items to come out, for things to be transferred in and out. But here, when you make a little hole in a chicken coop, what are you transferring out? Nothing. You just want some of the fumes to come out. So that's not a derek binion. You're not making a significant act. It's like a very minimal, very minimal act. You just want the, the, the fumes to come out. So maybe that's not a derek binion. I would say agrees to Shmuel. That's only Makhvabatash you're not building. We only At least in that case, it's like a building that you're making a hole for, for things to come out. Even if it's not as significant, but at least, you know, for, but, but, but at least here there's something, you know, air is coming out and for air to come in. So maybe that's considered almost like a window. I'll show the Kanina tomorrow, but if you're just putting the peg in the, in the hole of the hole, the ain't there, you're not really building anything. You're just making sure that it stays tightly in place. It's not an act of significant. That's only Makhva Patish. Says the Gemara, and, and the opposite. If we only had the last case, I would say Barakam Shmuel. Shmuel only says this Makhavat is not building because it's not so chashav. You're just keeping the two parts in Rav. And I'll talk to you in the first two cases with the chicken coop. We're chiseling out the stone. He agreed to rob that it's building. Therefore, it's necessary to say all the cases. And again, it sounds like the common denominator is where you draw the line and the significance of what is going to be an act of building. Rob says even smaller, minimal uh, achievements when you're building Caleb and, and, and things which aren't as big, it's still considered. Binyan and Shmuel says they're only, they only fall, fall under Aqua Patish. Now the Gemara just clarifies. Which we just learned was Machlokas Rav and Shmuel. So Yochanan demonstrated to him that you're Chayv only from Aqua Patish. He made a movement with his hand that show like Makavapatish. Rashi says like he hit his, he made a fist and he hit his palm like Makavapatish, like to show that that like and he held like Shmuel's opinion. It's only Makavapatish. Ah, he says isn't the language of the mission different? Fanatanan, Rabbi isn't the language of the mission? Hamasadim Makavapatish. Someone chisels a stone and someone's Makavapatish. It sounds like the chiseling of the stone is not Makavapatish. Mar says Emar, you have to say as follows: Hamasates Hamakavapatish. One who chisels a stone is being Makavapatish, and actually the mission is saying that it is Makavapatish. Says the Gemara Tashma of Son of Raya Tafel Kuf Gimel Hakodeh Kol Shuchayv. Someone who drills any amount is chayv. So what's the point of drilling? Probably because you're gonna you're gonna make something be stuck in it. So Bishlam Rav who holds that making a hole in the chicken coop is building. So we could say that when you're drilling, what's gonna happen is you're making a hole, and that's also the building, right? Just like making a hole in chicken coop, it's a little act of building, but you're chayav. So drilling a small hole in the house is also building, even though you still have to put something in, but the drilling itself is the beginning of that process. You're drilling a hole so you can you can wedge something in. That's also a small minimal act of building that Rob would say chayav. Shmuel holds that making a hole in the chicken coop is isn't building, it's only makabapatish. So in our case, presumably someone's drilling a hole in a house, he's doing because he has to wedge something in. So just making the hole itself isn't makabapatish. So why are you chayv? The only reason when you, when you make a hole in a, in a chicken coop is because is that's the final thing that's makabapatish to let the fumes out. So presumably someone drilling the hole here in the house where the gemara is assuming the habamina, it's not the final act. It's just that he wants to, to stick something in. So why should it be chayv? It must be that Rob's right. Rob must be that... That the drill, that making the hole itself could be an act of binion, and making the, the, the hole in the chicken coop is not a mock of the is an act of binion. Then we can understand that the drilling itself is already part of the binion process. The Gemara says, no, how come I skin? What are we dealing with? The baz around to the pyre's law. You made the wall with a, a, nigh, a long nail. You're leaving it in there. So the Heine Gramalacha is a Gramalacha. So you're not, there's no, there's no two steps. You're drilling in a nail. And you want you want you want to leave the nail in there so that people can hang things. So you're drilling in a nail. So that's makvapatish because that's the the completion of your mice. So the gemara and the habimina thought you're drilling and then you're going to stick something in. So it's not makvapatish. And the gemara is answering that no, you're drilling in the nail where people are going to hang things. So it's makvapatish in the act.